This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Toyota, we set our sights on creating a car that looks good, feels good, but does even more good. One that feels even more exciting, even more energetic, even more electric without ever needing to be plugged in challenge accepted the all-new self-charging hybrid electric yaris contact your dealer today about flexible payment options and see just how affordable the new yaris is toyota built for a better world Welcome to Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent, and I'm back with another episode this fortnight from lockdown. We're recording from home, so I must apologise for the drop in the normal high quality that you expect from us, but I'm sure we will get through it. I am joined today by Catherine Anderson, CEO of Joe Cox Foundation. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on. Hello, thanks for having me. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's a strange times isn't it to be doing these kind of things have you been doing kind of a lot of down <laughs> down the phone kind of interviews and things like that <laughs> lots of yeah. things I imagine yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah we've we've had about an average of I'd say about six zoom meetings a day and it does get quite exhausting but yeah getting used to the new normal like most people it's absolutely crazy you know doing all this stuff on zoom I, I know today as we record on Thursday they're talking about um bring the virtual parliament back after the recess and getting yeah. kind of everyone on zoom i'm really interested yeah. to see how that's going to <laughs> work going to a very well. big screen <laughs> exactly exactly um but uh, thank you so much for coming on today like i say and we're really excited to have you on because we work with you guys a lot and it's yeah. a really kind of positive thing that's come out of something so tragic so let's start if we can, I'm sure so many of our listeners know all about the Jacob Foundation and why you guys were set up. But can we kick off yeah. with you explaining kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, um, as you say, I'm, I'm the chief executive at the Jocox Foundation. And um, I joined the foundation in uh, September 2018. But obviously, the foundation um, came into existence really um very soon after after joe cox was murdered in june 2016 um there was such a huge outpouring of um both grief and also just solidarity i think around um joe and her values and the the incredible sort of amount that she had achieved in such a short time not just in in parliament but in her career as a humanitarian um, and yes, the foundation was was really set up so that that something positive could come from such a awful tragedy, and um, also to really, I think, um, try and sort of um, just live those values in projects in her name that that have ensued since the foundation was set up. So, building Joe's legacy, keeping Joe at the very heart of everything that we do, is really. Uh, what what the foundation is all about and in in a relatively short time I mean in the 
four years or so since the, the foundation has been in existence, we we have you know achieved a huge amount. Um, and we're a, we're a small team. <laughs> we operate from um, both Batley and Sten, so Batley itself, where where close sister Kim uh, leads our, our Yorkshire-based team, and then from mm-hmm. a small office in London. Um, and we work um, across sort of three main strands of work. So locally on building stronger communities. We, believe passionately that, you know, um, stronger, more integrated communities um, lead to happier, more content communities, communities flourish, um, where we can, you know, really sort of overcome the differences that that sometimes can lead to um, prejudice and and the sort of um, negative attitudes that that Mm. can can be so harmful. One of those those sayings that you guys use a lot and was one of kind of Joe's you know passions is that more in common isn't it it's something we yeah, hear very absolutely. often yeah yes absolutely I mean I mean Joe, Joe's phrase that we have more in common than the things that divide us that that really is the kind of thread that weaves through every single thing we do whether it's in in Yorkshire or a community elsewhere in the country putting on a great get-together or whether it's through the Joe Cox Memorial Grant Fund in remote Africa um, you know that idea that we do have more in common is is really, uh, as I say, at the heart of of everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. So. Um, so and you've I'll, done a lot I'll of work be... on loneliness as well, haven't you? Because I I so uh, regularly will know that I've been with the Yorkshire Post um, for a while now, but before that I used to work for a paper in Norfolk called the Eastern Daily Press, and I've been doing yeah. quite a lot of work with you guys there as well about kind of um, refugees and loneliness and things mm. like that. It's something you're you're big on, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, so Jo actually, before before she was killed, she had um, begun to really raise the issue of loneliness in in and around Westminster and and obviously mm. beyond. Um, she something that that Jo did often was to reach out across across party party lines to collaborate with colleagues. Um, on issues that that are really cross cutting, and loneliness was one of them. So, with um, Sina Kennedy, the Conservative MP, Joe had begun to start a you know a, a commission, um, which when she was murdered, um, the, the foundation took on. Um, Joe Joe was sort of replaced, I guess, by by Rachel Reeves in in working together with Sina as the co-chairs of the commission. But really, mm-hmm. it, it carried out. A quite seminal piece of research um, across the country um, alongside 13 other major charities who formed the Joe Cox Loneliness Commission. Um, mm-hmm. That research um, resulted in a report called um, A Call to Connect, and that made recommendations to government about how it could place the issue of loneliness um, at the heart of policy making. Um, it being, you know, a, a, an issue that that does not discriminate anyone, and and everyone can be um, affected by loneliness. Um, but it's all it also had um, e- economic implications as a, as a public health issue, um, mm-hmm. and that resulted in the first ever government strategy on loneliness and the world's first ever um, government minister. So Tracy Crouch was the first uh, minister for loneliness. So yeah. that, that was an issue that, that the foundation really, with its partners, um, really turbocharged and just in a couple of years really brought, um, brought the issue of loneliness to the forefront. And, you know, I don't think it's something that we were, obviously it was happening, but I don't think as a society it's an issue we were kind of acutely aware of. 
before that everyone was just kind yeah. of I, I guess getting on with it and people who were experiencing loneliness weren't necessarily talking about it or people mm-hmm. didn't know that there were so many people in our society who can go yeah. you know days without mm-hmm. you know, seeing someone but also of course loneliness isn't only if you yeah. don't see people there's various types of loneliness aren't there so it's yeah I think it's, that's become one of the I yeah. suppose kind of bastions of bring that to the forefront and um it's you know something we've looked a lot at as well and it's the figures when you see yeah. them are absolutely shocking and yeah I think definitely. one of the most you know it's in in all your reports but the one that opened my eyes most is you know you think of loneliness and you do think of the elderly and things like that but it's not just the elderly is it no <laughs> not at all so many groups of people kind of young mums is the one that I always think of as well and all kinds definitely. of all kinds of groups in our society so yeah, yeah definitely definitely a big issue and from what I kind of know from the work you've been doing recently it's something that we're kind of hearing a lot about at the moment with our current situation with the coronavirus mm. pandemic is that a yeah. bit about what you've heard about that yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the from the polling that we've we've seen, um, we know that the the wider public now care a lot more about the issue of loneliness. I mean, quite quite significantly more than before. There's been a, an increase in um, concern um, from around 16% um, of people considering it was an issue of concern to around 60%. So that is a a huge increase. Yeah, Yeah. it's a massive jump and that's literally in in the course of of a month. Um, I think what, um, you know, the the fact Joe Joe identified in very different times, the fact that loneliness doesn't discriminate, um, is now a, a truth that is, all too familiar to people, um, people who never perhaps gave loneliness a thought or never thought it would affect them or thought it was a bit abstract or, you know, because there are lots of variables, as you say, to loneliness that can hit different people at different times and yeah. um, there can be different junctures in, in a person's life that can, can bring on a temporary onset of loneliness or it can be very chronic. And mm-hmm. as you say, it's not just older people who experience loneliness, it can be, you know, the, the, the other large group who experience loneliness is, is the sort of... Um, 16 to 20, 24 year old group. So, so how interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I, so really what we're seeing now with, with the, the coronavirus crisis is that loneliness has become um, something that actually affects us all um, mm-hmm. because if we may not necessarily um, learning ourselves, but we will certainly have someone in our close network who will be through physical distancing um, at, you know, at risk of, of being lonely through enforced social isolation. So um, really, the work that we're doing at the moment on the Connection Coalition is in part building on the work of the, the Loneliness Commission. Mm. Um, so this Connection what, Coalition, it's it's this new kind of thing that you guys have launched, isn't it, with government and with some other, other charities as well for this for this time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, I think it's important to say it's not... It's not um, a new thing is that it's not we're not sort of reinventing the wheel but what we're doing is bringing together um, a huge number of, of organizations of different sizes who are working um, around um, the issue of loneliness and social isolation okay. and what we want to do is to be able to, to bring bring those organizations together to really amplify and coordinate all the different efforts that are being made to reinforce the importance of meaningful connection um, to mitigate those those 
negative impact of, of isolation on social and emotional well-being. I think that, you know, the, the government is rightly focusing on clinical responses and how, you know, volunteers can really react to the most vulnerable in frontline situations. But in between those two things, there's a huge spectrum of uh, work going on to really take care of people's emotional well-being throughout this crisis. And, and loneliness is obviously um, a major factor. I mean, we are also thinking um, ahead about um, the fact that there are going to be there is going to be a, a huge number of people who will be grieving. So bereavement mm. is going to be key. Uh, a key issue to to think about um and then you know uh, the impact of what's happening on on people's mental health needs so so it really is say, so what are well the impacts really yeah so what are the impacts <laughs> it's like mental health will be a bit then what what does loneliness do to us as you know social human beings we love we love to speak to people don't we we love we love social interaction as a as a kind of you know yeah. society, as a as a human race, we we love to speak to people. We love to socialize. Yeah, we love to yeah. be with people. So, what does yeah, loneliness exactly. do to us? What does it? What's the impact? Wide range of I mean, obviously, the impact can can be it, it can be very personal. So, um, it will have a, a negative impact on people's um, mental health, and mm-hmm. it can have an impact on on their um, you know, so, someone doesn't have to be alone to be lonely. I think that's another important thing mm. to say. You you can be in a very big family, but you can feel uh, desperately alone. Yeah. Um, and so it can have an impact on, on the people around you. Um, it has um, physical health implications. Um, you know, the, the oft quoted comparison is it's as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, which is mm-hmm. um, you know, data that, that comes from... Um, the Department for Health and which, which and stark. backs up. Yeah, it is stark. Um, and that's, that also links to the, um, you know, the economic cost of, of why um, tackling loneliness is, will have a, you know, it has a knock-on positive effect on, um, you know, the, the pressure that, that we put services under. So, so it is important to tackle it. Um, I think, you know, th- there are, incredible charities up and down the country who are tackling loneliness in really innovative and interesting ways from you know intergenerational programs um getting young young professionals together with older people for example mm-hmm. um an awful lot of um loneliness charities will operate programs which depend on face-to-face interactions so the big problem during coronavirus is how can you um, tackle loneliness at a time when actually we can't be in the same room together or we can't go to the local village hall or community centre that is a real challenge Um, and then you know when we talk about digitising delivery and digitising programmes that's all well and good but we are also um, you know we need to remember that that, uh, many people are not digitally included Um, COVID-19 is actually really highlighting the, the digital haves and the digital have-nots. I think there are mm. gaps beginning to show now. Um, it's not just that um, elderly people often are not digitally literate, but, you know, younger people, particularly from low-income backgrounds, they don't have access to um, the kind of data that others might. And, and there's also, for example, a homeschooling gap between 
families who, you know, again, they don't have that degree of access and yet they're yes, we had, to um, school their kids at home. Absolutely. We had Emma Hardy on last episode, actually, and she was saying just this, um, Emma Hardy MP for Western Hassel, of course, um, who was saying, mm. you know, she's hearing a lot from deprived families who um, are trying to homeschool their children, but they can't maybe pay for the apps that a lot of yeah. kind of more affluent families can maybe afford, or they don't have the equipment, or they don't have a um, reliable internet connection, or maybe mm. they've got maybe two or three children and there's only one laptop to share between them. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's uh, I guess, similar, similar things that are being, <laughs> being kind yeah. of exposed by this crisis which are already problems but are kind mm. of exacerbated now I guess mm. definitely definitely I know I kind of went off on a tangent there but <laughs> no no it's, all, think, it's um, all relevant yeah all relevant. I think digital exclusion and loneliness are, are really relevant and mm. you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that tech for, for most people right now is literally a lifeline um, mm. but for many it's not so I think it's really important that we don't we don't forget about that absolutely and I suppose I'm interested to hear what what you're hearing from people so far. So if people are getting in touch with you or one of the other charities involved mm. in the coalition, what are they saying to you? How is uh, what uh, mm. you know how how widespread is is loneliness because of this yeah. social isolation that we're obviously having yeah. to for all the right reasons go through at the moment? What are people saying? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we um, actually are, are some of our team members who are based. In, in Batley are mm. um, working together with um, Kirkley's Council um, as oh, yeah. a yeah, community anchor organisation. So, um, so this is our more in common um, Batley and Sten um, group, which mm. um, Joe's sister Kim uh, is the, the chairman of, and, and it's a, a, you know, I'm sure you know all about their, their brilliant work. Um, yeah, in the community. great work. <laughs> but um, so, so we're acting as a, as a conduit for um, requests for support and uh, connecting them with hyperlocal groups in the area so um, matching uh, needs with with um, support now um, it, it is the case that, that loneliness is coming up as, as an issue um, I know that um, one of our volunteers spoke on the phone to someone for about 30 minutes the other day and that was the only communication that they'd had with with someone um, over the course of that week and oh I think yeah I mean I think there are going to be lots and lots of, of cases of that I think what's um, what we also have to be aware of is that I mean there's lots of intersecting issues as well so someone may have underlying health problems they might have um, um, difficulties with their income and with um, getting hold of their foods and their prescriptions and things like that and on top of that they will be experiencing isolation and loneliness so mm -hmm. what we're seeing I think is also cases where there's like a cumulative um, effect of you know just all these awful things happening at once um, yes. and I think that it's like really hyper local groups like our more in common group Batley and Spen and, and other amazing groups springing up and the mutual aid groups and church groups and individuals as well um you know they've got the ability to be right there on the ground to 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 um you know listen to needs and respond to needs but i think where uh, as a national charity we support is and what we hope to do through the connection coalition is that you know we will be able to show what best practice looks like so that there are tools there are resources that smaller groups will be able to access and, and use 
and not again not just through the coronavirus but I think what's important is if we kind of like sort of bring the circle to completion beginning from the work that that Joe began the loneliness commission work you know the um the government the government's work on the strategy and where we're at now we're seeing loneliness really um amplified as an issue and it's under the spotlight almost as never before what we want mm-hmm. to make sure doesn't happen is that people forget about it when they think everything's okay again um sure. because actually what we're able to do in this very acute moment is to really very quickly look at what's working and what works best and what tools can can be replicated and then share those across the country. So I think Connection Coalition does have a really important uh, role to play as we kind of come out the long tail of the coronavirus crisis um, as it is now. Absolutely. And I think if there's, I don't know, any positives that we can take from this devastating situation that we're all kind of living through at the moment, it does seem to have really strengthened community cohesion in some ways, I would say. I mean, yeah. You know, you, I, I don't. I, I, in in my local neighbourhood alone, there's been kind of Facebook groups pop up, and there's someone who may be posting there who who lives far away, and their mother lives in our community, who's vulnerable, and they say, yeah, she can't get out to the shops. Can anyone help her? In five yeah. minutes, there's kind of ten offers of people saying, yeah, I'll be there shopping for her. Just let me know where she lives. That kind <laughs> of thing. It's been exactly. quite humbling, exactly. and um, definitely, it's yeah, it's nice to see. And I mean. <laughs> I don't, I don't spend my life um, living by quotes from the Prime Minister, but he said himself, didn't he? That it shows there is such thing as a society. <laughs> and it's been yeah. it's been a really interesting to see and, and yeah, quite quite uplifting as well. Wow. Um I suppose before we before we kind of uh, wrap up, I would like to know if you've got any particular tips that we can pass on to our listeners for staying connected in this time. Because, you know, I think we've made clear throughout our chat today that this can hit anyone this isn't just if you live alone this isn't if you've been I don't know furloughed from your job so you're not talking to your colleagues as much this isn't just for kind of an elderly person you said yourself that you could be in a house full of people your whole family and feel quite alone so (laughs) what what can we do to help help us stay connected to each other and to society during this time yeah um well I mean I think that um, there's a huge amount of signposting out there. Um, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, one, one of the things is um, for those of us who have the, the ability and the luxury of being able to access information, um, that, we, that we as a society are mindful of the fact that people can be lonely and it's something that you can... Um, you know, there, there are ways that, that you can, can raise the issue of loneliness with people in a very sensitive uh, way. So, for example, mm-hmm. I would signpost people to the, the government's Let's Talk Loneliness um, website, which is mm-hmm. um, a really interesting hub of ideas about how you can tackle um, loneliness among people, people around you. It gives them advice on, on how to cope, how to start a conversation, how to identify what, what's making you feel lonely. Um, obviously, it's um, in, at a time where that you can't go to a local group or an activity. I mean, often, you know, there's practical stuff that, that you can do and it can be hard, I know, to, to sort of take that step to do it. But mm-hmm. um, GPs are much better now at signposting and talking about um, about the issue of loneliness and you yeah. know, social prescribing was a big, a big um, recommendation of the, the government strategy that, that 
easy to, to, to think in a more joined up way about how they could signpost um, people at risk of loneliness or suffering from loneliness to activities that could help. So in normal times, that, that, would, that is happening. But meanwhile, I mean, the Samaritans, the Red Cross, AGK, the Campaign to End Loneliness, um, these are all charities who can help. Um, they've got um, support lines. They've got um, numbers that you can call to to, um, to advice um, from from volunteers on the other end of, of the line. But I think the big question is at a time when we are trying to be distant and we're seeing people less than we would normally, it, it just makes all of that so much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't... I, by no means have, have all the answers, but I'm hopeful that the, the Connection Coalition will start generating really interesting ideas very, very soon. And then, I mean, I know the, the Yorkshire Post has done a huge amount on loneliness, and, and I think that the role of um, the local press and local radio stations is enormous. I think um, it sounds as if the Secretary of State and BCMS are taking this really seriously, so I'm hoping that you know, the work that you've done at the Yorkshire Post can act as a real inspiration to other regional um, regional papers and, and radio stations and podcasts and things like that. Mm. So I think I think we need to take a whole society approach to it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, as I say, I'm, I'm really excited um, to see what kind of country we we are at the end of this. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot of fear, obviously, but there's a huge amount of room for hope as well. Um um, Let's take it as an opportunity I, to bring something positive out of it at the end. I yeah, imagine. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And um, I think I think everyone's um, capable of empathy. Um, and the thing is, we need to show that you you can be empathetic, and togetherness and solidarity is just as important outside of a crisis as as when you're in the middle of a crisis. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what an uplifting message to leave it on. It's hard to find sometimes <laughs> in these coronavirus times. They're kind of uplifting messages, but I do feel kind of you know positive about it. So how are things going to be after this? No, so yeah, we'll, we'll certainly do do all that we can. Um, and proud to do it in Joe's name, of course. Um, to make sure that that you know something positive can come of it. And I'm, you know, I I, I do have a high high level of hope that that our communities will be stronger at the end of this. So absolutely. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, so Catherine. I'll uh, I'll let you get off. But it's been so interesting to hear about what you guys doing, and good luck with it all. That was Pod's Own Country, and I've been Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. It would be great if you could leave us a review and share and tell your friends, because that way we get more people on board, more listeners every week, and we can get our message to a bigger audience. Thank you so much again for joining us. We'll be back in a fortnight. In a world where businesses can struggle with cash flow, come under attack from admin, and lose track of payments, invoices, and performance, one business and accounting software solution can help you find it all. Enterprise. The invoicing, accounting, and business software that saves the day from admin. Get paid in a flash and take control of your day. Start using now for free for life. Visit enterprise.com.